What it is, what it do, you tune in to the Jose Morales Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're back in the ring, this time with a good friend of mine, my man, Austin Oliver. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, of course. In this episode, we're going to get familiar with Austin's story and how he turned his life from homeless to a successful business owner. And on top of that, he only had a sixth grade education. Very inspiring story. So now this episode, let's get started. Ready? All right, Austin. So thank you for coming on the show, my man. Yeah, of course. How do you feel about being on? Good. Good. I mean, hopefully I don't, you know, suck. Like, I don't no, want to be the, no, the, no, I don't no. be the boring so, one. You no, know what I mean? You're not the boring one. Trust me. I've <laughs> talked to you. And, and I bring people on here that I see that have a lot of good things and knowledge to bring to the to to people. And when I talk to you here in the gym, uh, you always bring good insight and you have good, good, um, good theories and philosophies and, and, and work ethic and core values about yourself and your business that I love your, 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 your vision, you know? And like, when you talked to me about your workers, remember when we talked and you said, Hey, you're still here and that, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. I love that about you. And I'm like, you know what? I need to have Austin on. And then I also talked to David and David was like, yo, you need to get Austin on. David yeah. was like, you need to get him. He's tight. So, all right, I'm like, you know what? Let's make it happen. So just to get people more familiar with Austin, quick little, little history on Austin. Austin, you've been coming to the gym now? Off and on a few years. Yeah, off and on. He's not been consistent. I've been more consistent now. Lately. Lately. You've been coming, well, once a week, twice a week? How many times Once a week? or twice a week, depending once. on um, David's schedule. Yeah, and he tra- he's been training with David one-on-one yeah. at least once or twice a week. That's been for the last, what, month, two months? A little bit more than that. Yeah, I'm on my second or third round of it. Yeah. buying four or eight passes, whatever it is. Yeah, and yeah. then at the beginning, prior to that, you were just coming every now and random, yeah. right? Yeah, and Completely that's... Completely random. Yeah, and that's, you know, part of it was just knowing me, I, I knew I had to invest a little bit more yeah, to get sense. the consistency. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk We'll talk a little bit about the boxing in a little bit. I want to yeah. get people more familiar with who you are. So uh, tell us your name. Tell us uh, where you're born. Give us a little background. Tell me what you guys do now. All right, well, uh, Austin Oliver, um, I was born in Martinez Bay Area. Uh-huh. Um, I'm adopted. Uh, I have, I met my adopted parents when I was a teenager. Um, and before that, I was really from 12 to 17, really homeless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you were adopted at what <clears throat> age were you adopted? Were you like little, little? I met or? them when I was like 17. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when were you adopted? So that's that's an interesting story because it actually with the official adoption I was actually an adult. Oh really? Yeah. Which the wild part is, you know, because I'd been with them for, uh, you know, they took me in when I was a teenager. Um, and the wild part is doing an adoption and, and being with them is at one point on on the day that we did it, uh, the judge looked at my mom and says, you know, he, he's going to have more, more claim, more rights than your birth kids. What? If anything happens to you. And without a beat, she goes, I know. And I was just like, I looked at my dad. I was like, do you hear what he just said? And what she just said? And he goes, we know this. And I was like, okay, well, let's go. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, they had taken care of me so well for when I was a teenager. And there was just a lot of things with my birth dad that, he did some things that put me in some bad positions mm-hmm. and you know he kept stealing my my uh identity 
uh, I had crazy amounts of debt at one point, like 35,000 that I had to clear up and take care of. This is when you were a kid. Yeah, I had credit cards uh, starting when I was 13 in my name that I had to just clear up. And I only found out because I was going to buy a car and I went to see a friend of mine and it was at the Subaru dealership in uh, at the uh, Rosa Automall, and they couldn't find me. Like they they typed in my social, they typed in my driver's license, they typed in everything, and they couldn't find my my identity at all. And they're just like, uh, "You don't exist." I was like, "I'm right here, dude." <laughs> um, and so I ended up finding out that my that my dad had done so much that the organization that actually oversees, you know your TransUnion, your Experian, all of those, they actually froze my identity to stop it. Yeah. So they were like, there was so much fraudulent activity and we've been, you know, they keep track of everything you do. Yeah. They're like, we knew you weren't doing it. So yeah. we froze you. So no one could look me up or anything like that. Um, and so that was part of the process of my, my now parents being like, hey, you know, I, I talked to a friend who does like financial advisements and a bunch of like, uh, financial things. And I was just like, I want to move forward in my life, but my birth father keeps messing this up for me. Damn. He's like, well, you need to change your name and you need to change your social. And so I told my now parents who, again, they, they'd been looking over me since I was a teenager. And my dad had like this file and he's just like, we've been kind of waiting to talk to you. And I was like, for what? And he goes, if you're going to change your name, we want it to be ours. Yeah, my my kids call you their brother. You've always been like a, a son to me. We want to make it official. How did so we did? How did you guys connect? Like, how did you even come across them? Like, how, so, tell us that story. So here's what's what's interesting is growing up, my father was actually a a licensed pastor, um, which he used it um, to really just take advantage of people, and he was just not a good person. He biological, my biological, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so we actually, you know, we were on essentially like on the run living in and out of places from, you know, the last grade I completed was sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So after that point, until I met my, my current parents or my new parents, um, we've just been literally, I've lived f- from here to Princeton, New Jersey, Texas, New Mexico, all the way in between. And he was just a scam artist. And like we just, he ripped people off all the time. We were living in hotels, cars, um, houses, apartments that we weren't paying for, and we would just stay there until we got kicked out. What? Yeah. Like, I remember, I was actually thinking, you know, mentally prepping for this. I was thinking there was this one time we were in Mesa, Arizona, and my dad always put me in these positions where, like, I had the responsibility of him and my older brother. Mm. So, like, when I was, so I dropped out of school and I was telemarketing. I was selling, um, you know, like, the grocery ads, the carts and the tapes yeah. and all I was doing that over the phone at like 14, 15. Um, So I remember there was this time we were in this apartment in Mesa and we were months, months without paying. And I don't know, like, I feel like they were kind of connected to, you know, like a family um, because they did some things that I'm like, I don't think that's totally like not sketchy. Um, but I remember there was this, they came to collect when I was like 2 a.m. And my dad was hiding in his room, screaming, crying. My brother also was running into, and he was hiding in a different room. And I found myself literally just standing in the middle of the living room, 
as these guys were literally just pounding on the door, trying to break in. And I saw this sofa and I just threw the sofa. It was the door opened and there was like a wall here. And I just threw the sofa there to block them getting in all the way. And the door opened like this. And all I like, I was thinking about all I remember is just seeing these eyes and just like pissed off anger, trying to get in and collect on the debt owed. Um, and so we were constantly in positions like that <clears throat> in homeless shelters or whatever, because my dad just chose to be lazy. It's, it's, it's probably why I have such a hard work ethic now. Mm. Cause when I was, when he and my birth mom were together, um, we, we lived very well. At one point we lived in a huge house that's worth millions now in the hills of Lafayette in the Bay area. My mom was a nurse. My dad owned multiple businesses. He was, in, you know, owned like sales businesses. Yeah. Um, and so, so they were successful. Everything yeah. Everything was going great. Yeah. Well, they it were. was a turning point. How do you go from that to a scam artist? <clears throat> I think what it was was my mom left. Mm. And she left four days before my fifth birthday. Um, so that was Valentine's Day, 94. And at one point we had, we were told and led to believe that she was dead. And so I thought she was. And then I was eight. Who told you that? Your dad? No, her family. Oh, okay. Because um, she went back to Manila. Mm. Um, so at one point I was eight. And so she just left you guys? Yeah. Just boom. Gone. I remember there was a lot of like arguments. There was a lot of fights. She was um, having affairs, um, which didn't lead to anything good, obviously. Um, and so there was just a bunch of chaos leading up to this like point. Yeah. Um, and then when I was eight, I remember we got a phone call and the, one of my mom's family members asked my dad, hey, have you seen your son? And I goes, which one, Andre or Austin? Andre's my older brother. And no, 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 the baby. And I goes, Austin? No, 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 the baby. And then in that conversation, we learned not only was my mom alive, she left pregnant. And I had a younger brother that we didn't even know about. Damn. And so part of it was my dad. So in my dad's story, um, he was actually born in the middle of his parents' divorce. He has a step sister, like a half sister. And his stepfather was super abusive. And somehow like Florida or his dad lived in Florida, his birth dad lived in Florida and he's in California. So very similar to what he, to what he ended up going through because yeah. not only did he have a son he didn't know about in another country, but found out that I also had a half sister. So it just like identical broke him down and he never recovered. Like he just never chose to fight for his two kids that he did have in front of him and to actually be a good person for us. He's kind of just gave up. Mm -hmm. And so I literally, <clears throat> from the time I was eight, I had been dealing with landlords, with PG&E trying to shut us off, phones, like all of that. I was, my dad put me in those positions. Because um, I remember there was, we, we were living in this house, actually, we went from. You still talk? Nope. No, I, uh, when I, so when I was, when I decided to, when I was 17 and decided to go out on my own and I ended up uh, moving on to the church property where I w actually work now. Um, different, we were in Roseville, but then it was in Orangeville. And I moved out, I had, I had a duffel bag. That's all I had. 
Um, and then I started, my first job was actually selling car wax at gas stations. Like, hey, do you want to see this? And then, you know, you spray it on, you wax on, wax off, all that crap. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I was literally taking all of my money, everything I earned, um, living off the bare minimum and sending him the rest. Just because I, I still wanted to be a good son. Yeah. And I didn't know in the background of everything that he had told my now dad, he's not, I don't want him anymore. So I had no idea that even happened. So in the they background. knew each other. Yeah, yeah. So we actually, we met because, ooh, sorry. Um, we met because we started going to, to this church in Orangeville mm. where my new dad, my, my dad, who he is my dad, um, and my mom were the youth pastors at the time. Mm. And so we got close that way. Um, because I, I, it had gotten to a point where I was tired of moving place to place. Um, I was tired of cops showing up to kicks out of places. And I wanted something different. I wanted a, a change in my life. So I, I remember there was this night we were living in this house in Carmichael. And the cops showed up to kick us out again. I was like, God, there's got to be something different. Like either something has to change or just take me down. You know what I mean? Like I'm done with this. And so God has always talked to me in dreams. Like that's, uh, I believe like part of my, my like strength and my motivation is rooted in, in God and who God is in my life. And I had multiple dreams and all of my dreams that night, I was actually connected with this church and with my dad, my new dad. Yeah. Which didn't make sense because I didn't want to be here. I wanted to be anywhere else. Um, and there was just different things that I was doing in my dreams that <clears throat> there was already people in position doing. Uh, like there was a, a venue that my, my dad had started, a music venue that in my dream I was actually running it. But there was someone who was already taking that, who was already in that position, so it didn't make sense. Yeah. I was like, but God talks to me in dreams and I was just like, okay, God, if this is, if this is how it's supposed to be, if this is really you, then you've got to get Matt, who's my dad, yeah. <clears throat> get him to offer me a place to stay in the dorms. Because at the time the church was in Orangeville and there was a guy's dorm and a girl's dorm on property. And no joke, literally days later, I was walking with him at the church on a Sunday morning. He looked at me, I was right around this time period because we were getting a Thanksgiving basket. Um, and he goes, your basket's over there because I want to make sure you guys have everything you need for Thanksgiving. But just know if you want to make a change in your life and you want to go forward, I will make sure there's a spot for you up there. And then the rest is history. And uh, you know, I got that job selling car wax. I was selling every, or giving everything to my dad. So as a teenager, you were living in that, in, yeah. in that church? Yeah. What was the name of the church? Family Church. Okay. Yeah. We're still Family Church in Roseville, but at the time it was like Family Christian Center yeah. in Orangeville. Um, so why high school did you go to? I didn't. Well, uh, I, okay. Um, I went for three months in South Lake, Texas. That's uh, it? Yeah. No other school? Uh, I didn't make it past sixth grade, man. And I was in and out uh, first. So I was in kindergarten, first grade, skipped second to third. And then once I, they bumped me up because I was that, like, just doing good um, in school. And then I, I dropped out fourth, fifth. I showed up, like, the last month of fifth so I could get into sixth. And then that's it. What? Yeah. So no high school diploma. Uh, I've gotten back. I've gone back and I've gotten my GED. 
GED. Okay. Yeah. No. And I've gone to I've gone to Sierra. I'm literally one semester away from completing my AA in business. What? Yeah. Man, that's cute. So what made you <clears throat> first of all, congrats on that, man. That's huge. You go from sixth grade, <laughs> you know, education in 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 becoming the person you are and blessed. And you could tell that the faith, your faith, you know, yeah. was what kept you kept you together. Um, so what made you go back, get your GED and get like what 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 sparked that interest in you? Because for me, it's like there's this guy I listen to. His name is um, Eric Thomas mm -hmm. or E.T., the hip hop preacher. Mm -hmm. um, and he has a similar story. Um, and one of the things in his podcast are that he, he, he does a lot of YouTube videos and he said, you know, he doesn't want his kids to ever be like, hey, dad, you were fine and not do it. Yeah. You know, because it's always something you can fall back on. Like yeah. no one can take your education away. Um, and for me, it's like I read a lot. So when I went to do my GED, I actually didn't even really study. I just went in and took the tests. And I talked to, you know, some of the teachers. And they're like, yeah, it's because your comprehension level is so high because you read so much. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like one day I hope I have kids and I don't want them to be like, hey, dad, you didn't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why would I apply on myself? You didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's like, no, like, because... If I ever, if, if everything falls apart, I can always go back and get a job. Yeah. So how old were you when you got your GED and all that? Mid-20s. Mid-20s. And what were you doing work-wise in the 20s? Working for the church. Church? Yeah, I was, uh, so I ended up taking over that music venue. Um, when I came onto the scene, there was uh, one location in Sacramento. Um, and then it moved on to Fresno. And then by the time I was done, I think I had like seven venues that yeah. I under the umbrella and then I was booking at probably three or four more spots and running them. What? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And and from there, how did the restaurant <clears throat> come about? Because uh, restaurants, because I know yeah. your, your family's in the restaurant yeah. business. Yeah. So I ended up actually, um, the the venues took off. They were they were doing good. And then, you know, the, the music scene, the local music scene kind of like took a dip. So at the height of it, you know, I had some pretty big names come through. Like, I had Zendaya. She did oh, really? her CD release at my venue in Roseville. Yeah. Um, she uh, She's actually family members with somebody here at the gym. Okay. That's okay. her niece. Oh, nice. Zendaya, nice. It, uh, that's the Spider-Man's girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when she, you know, was her album replay, I actually hosted that. Um, and I've had, like, Kalani came through, Sage the Gemini, a few others, like, come through. And then I ended up not wanting to do that anymore. I became a youth pastor. Um, and then that ran its course and I just took on like the business aspects of the church. Well, my, my dad, he became the senior pastor of the church. Um, cause his dad, you know, stepped the down. The same and church retired. you guys been at the whole time? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then he ended up opening up a wine lounge called House of Oliver. Yeah. Which, <clears throat> that was great. I love it. Um, and that kind of sparked some things cause he and I had always talked about, you know, opening up a bar or something and then he did it hmm. which is cool and then he and his brother opened up uh, another restaurant and then they ended up splitting ways and he kept house of oliver um and then I, i've always wanted to do something because you know there's no like retirement plans in church there's you're not getting paid a ton you're like you know what i mean there's just not that option and for me it's just i i want to do more with my life Mm -hmm. And I really love beer. <laughs> so, you, cigars too, right? Yeah. yeah. Cigars, beer, and whiskey, man, all day long. 
Um, yeah, you brought a. We thought it was a beer, but it's liquid death. It's I guess it's water. Yeah, sparkling water. But this. Looks I drink like a, a lot of it. They should this sponsor me. Looks like me. an OE. This looks like life. an OE bottle. Yeah. And uh, so that's where painkillers came about. Yeah. So I have a friend of mine who his family actually founded BJ's. Yeah. And so he and his mom had a burger joint on uh, Douglas, and he had reached out to me. He was like, "Hey, um, I'm looking at doing a project." My I talked to my fiance, and she's like, "If you're going to partner with anyone." It should be Austin. And so we, we went down that road. Um, we explored it a bit. And he ended up being like, no, nope, you know what? This isn't for me. He ended up going into mortgages and he's killing it right now. Yeah. Like super proud of him. Um, but I still want to do something. And so I ended up. So you were going to do it with him. And then when you guys were in the mix of it, he ended up getting cold feet or change of mind, yeah. change of heart and decided yeah. to do something else. Yeah. So then you were alone. Yeah, so there was uh, not quite. I am now, but not quite. I brought in a someone I thought was a friend. Oh, I think you told me about that. Yeah, and so when that died down, I reached out to him and I was like, "Hey, man, I still want to do something. Do you want to?" And so he said, "Yeah, let's talk." Um, so we actually met at a, a bar in Citrus Heights called the Glass Turtle. Yeah, and we talked it out. We were looking and we were like, "Man, this is what we want to do. Just a neighborhood bar." Um, and so we ended up um, going farther. We partnered up. We found this property. Um, we opened up, lasted for a week, and then he did some things that caused us to shut down. And I was obviously frustrated. Um, and then that ended up going south. He ended up emptying the bank account multiple times in anger and frustration because I think it's because I'm younger and he's in his 50s and, you know, I'm new blood. He's old blood. And yeah. I was just like, hey, this isn't acceptable. This isn't okay. And he ended up acting out of rage and anger and got us shut down and, you know, drained the bank account three times. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're in a, a lawsuit. So I can't really talk too much about it, but <clears throat> it's been a while where, you know, painkillers are now a year. Uh, we celebrated a year this past September that I reopened yeah. by myself. So I had lost Congratulations so everything. Your first year. Thank you. Thank you. So I lost everything, took a little bit left, reopened it. And tell dude, us it's about been the best thing. Tell us about painkillers. What is, what is it? What does it stand for? What's the vision of painkillers? Like let, let the people know what painkillers is. So and first, for, before anything, tell us where the name came from. So that was actually uh, that was me and my ex-business partner that that uh, we threw a bunch of names together. Uh, basically we just kept shouting out names and that one just kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we moved forward with that. I created all the logos. I built all the furniture actually at the, at the, the restaurant, um, benches, tables, um, redid the inside. Cause we, we took over a good location mm. and there was actually a pub that was there before us that had great bones. Um, the, like everything about it, they, they were there for almost a decade. And so it was, it was cool because it's like, I've never talked to the guy. I've reached out before, you know, opening because I didn't want to step on any toes because, you know, opening during COVID when a business closed because of COVID, it's like, are you coming back? Are you not? But I never heard back. Um, and with my family being in the industry already, it was just like, mm, that could be touchy. Yeah. You know, so I reached out multiple times. I didn't hear back, but um, definitely thankful for everything he built because his you know, it's, it's that ceiling floor concept. Like, thank you. Like, cause there was already a clientele who was expectant of a beer pub being there. Yeah. 
and he built that for us. Yeah. Um, so definitely thankful for him. Um, for me, it's just, I want to be a good neighborhood bar, man. Mm -hmm. um, is I, it bar only food? Beer also? and wine. Beer and wine and food. Beer, wine, and food. So we have... Cigars? Yeah. You guys oh, dude, I smoke cigars on the patio all the time. I don't sell them. I just have them available. Oh, okay. If anyone wants, wants one, I literally have a shelf full. Um, and as long as people on the patio are okay, go for it. Um, and so my vision with it is I just want to be a good neighborhood, a safe spot, a good neighborhood pub. My uh, adopted mom, uh, she's from England. And I remember one time she and my dad went over there to visit her family. And they were talking about pubs and the difference between bars and pubs. And over there, pubs are a family thing. Like everyone goes to it. Yeah. And so I, I like threw that in the back of my mind and I just held on to it for a long time. And then when this came about, I was like, that's what I want. And so we, we do things with like Rockland Thunder. It's funny because we have this pub and we've got, we've had this team of junior hires come in to watch film. And all their practices and, yeah. and all of that stuff. And people are like, this is a weird, it's weird to go to a bar for our kid to watch their, you know, peewee football stuff, yeah, whatever. That is different. Yeah. But for me, it's just like, you know, I look at down the road when eventually when those kids grow up, I'm probably going to be the first spot they want to get their first beer in seven, 10 years, whatever. Uh, and ultimately it's like, it's cool because I've had families literally tell me they changed their plans on whether or not they moved because they wanted to be close to the pub. I've had also uh, people tell me like, I don't have to tell my wife what? any lies or anything like that when I go. All I have to say is I'm going to Austin's spot. And they're like, okay, like, cool. We know nothing's going on. We know it's a family safe spot. Like it's a good place. Yeah. Um, and females feel safe there. Dudes feel safe there. We're pretty like it is. It's a really like a good, good environment. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, everything. Yeah. And that's that's really what I want to do. Um, that's what what I wanted it to become. It's it's definitely became that. And it's cool because I'm helping my dad up at his spot in Lincoln right now. I'm managing it part time. And it's what's great is I hear people all the time say, hey, Mr. Painkillers or hey, that's the painkillers guy when I'm up there. And it's, it's people that I know. And so I've got, uh, you know, that bright red truck blacked out. Mm -hmm. And there's been times when I've been driving on the road and I've got stickers with my logo and stuff. And people be like, hey, I see you. I see you. Because, you know, they recognize my truck. Yeah. Um, so it's just. That's the community you built. Yeah. Like we established a really, really good, safe And that's community. crazy because it's only been a year. Yeah. It feels, it feels longer, but it also doesn't at all. You yeah. know? That's super cool, man. Yeah. Well, what's your... How do you how do you create this environment? What's your tip for that? Like how how do you how did you do that? What did you do? What's <clears throat> how did you do it with your staff? With your tell us about that. Well, I think everything starts with the top down. Mm -hmm. I and agree. you know, for me, it's just like it's it starts with me. So when I see people, like I'm, you know, I'm typically friendly, even though I'm I'm actually a bit of an introvert. Um, like I will, I am most comfortable in my corner on my laptop, just focused, hyper-focused on work. Yeah. That's where I'm most comfortable. Uh, but with wanting to create this and just beer already has a good community sense. So having that opportunity to create that environment in a good community, Rockland's killing. Yeah. Like they're super family friendly, super community oriented. So having beer and that put that together 
It was easy. Yeah. But also it's like, no matter what, like we're always a welcoming environment, yep. period. Um, and I, you know, I take time and I, I try to meet a lot of my customers. Uh, when I first opened, uh, reopened for the first six months, seven months, even now, I have my business cards with my cell phone number at the, at the, uh, the bar in multiple spots. So every single time we had a new customer, I told my, my, uh, my staff, give them my card. I tell them anything they need, my cell phone's on it. Yeah, that right there is huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, because it's like... It's, you, you need to pour your everything into this business, yeah. especially as a leader. And then when you yourself, you do it, your, your teammates, everybody else starts following. Like yeah. you, give, you pour your all, suddenly your <clears throat> manager's doing it. Your assistant manager, now the servers are doing it because they're going to follow your lead. Yep. Not what you say, but they're going to follow what you leave. 100%. Yep. And I actually, I posted on my story last night because I had one of my, um, my cooks. Um, he, was, he told me last night, he's like, you know, we had, we had some uh, issues with staff. There was a staff member who was supposed to come back and he didn't. And just no one could get a hold of him. Um, and so, cool. I'm here until the end. And he told me, he's like, dude, I've worked in multiple spots and I've never had a manager, let alone the owner. He said, you always stay. When, every, when anything's going wrong, you're there and you always stay till the end. Yep. And I'm like, that's, for me, that's, that's the leadership. That's, that is that's, leadership. You know, there's a difference between being a boss and a leader. And yep. for me, it's like, I'd rather, I choose leadership every day. Yep. I think that's, uh, that's huge, man. That, that's part of what I think some businesses that struggle is in like maintaining a a staff, a team, yeah. and the retention where they're constantly losing people or losing good workers is because of that. It's because the head, the leader, is not a leader. He's a boss. He's, oh, we'll do this. Hey, do that. Do yeah. that, that. And while they're chilling. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you you got to put in the work along the yeah. side with them. Yeah, and for you me, it's like, work harder. no one's going to outwork me. Yep. Like, you know, I, it's full, I, I'm full-time at the church, running, uh, owning and running painkillers. Uh, managing over at brew house and I book music and it's for me it's like I don't sleep much at all but you know that's besides the point it's just a I I'm not gonna always be the, I'm not gonna be the smartest guy in the room I'm not gonna be a lot of different things like the most educated or anything like that but it's like my goal is to always be the most like the hardest working in the room like yeah. I can do that I can control that better than anything yeah. and for me it's just like it's it's cool because the harder I work and the more I go for it I notice my team goes with me. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. I love that. So let me break, let me rewind a little bit. And I, I wanna, I, I get a lot of people that are probably, that are listening, that are probably struggling with a lot of things you struggled with when you were young, when yeah. you couldn't see the end to this <clears throat> ongoing cycle of getting kicked out and da 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 and maybe getting, feeling depressed or maybe feeling lonely or sad. What, what would you, what, kept you motivated or how did you get out that funk? How, how do you not let that kill your spirits? What, what did you do? God, dude. Like, that's it. Everything comes back to that. So um, what do you mean by God? Were you praying? Were you reading the Bible? Were no, you, I, to like, be honest, I can't even say that I was. Uh, I mean, there were moments where I was like, God, this fucking sucks. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, so, I know I'm on staff at a church, but I cuss a lot. Um, Okay, good, because I cuss a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like, we, got, we got the pastor over here cussing. <laughs> my dad always tells me, your brother's in the car, and so is your mom. Watch your mouth. <laughs> um, yeah. But for me, it's just like there were moments when I would be at my worst. Like I, Part of why I don't sleep is because of you know having that 
people trying to break into this place or or in the homeless shelter. I literally, there was a guy who was sitting in a wheelchair. He had demons. He, or he called friends and I called them critters. And he would literally just sit there staring at me, just like talking about killing me at night. And I'm like, mm, this sucks. Um, but I remember there were moments that literally God would connect with me in dreams and just, re or just I'd have these moments where it's just like, shit, you're there. Like God's here with me right now. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's just like, the, it, I was actually talking to someone the other day. It's like, so I'm not like, I've never been like suicidal. I've never had those thoughts. That's just not who I am. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not afraid of dying. Like, I'm kind of like, that'll be cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's something I haven't done, obviously. I'm still here. Um, but it's like, you know, uh, my belief is, you know, to be absent from here, you're with God. Uh, and so there's that element of, you know, I, if I keep on track here and I keep doing the good things, the right things, and when, being closer to God, then it, eventually you end up there. And for me, it's just a, I've just, there's always had to, whatever position I've been in, whether it was homeless shelter or on the streets or even now, they're still better. Yeah. And so I never want to give up before I actually get to the better. You if that makes sense. Yeah. I was thinking right now, and it, for some reason, this reminded me of it. And, and I'm going to ask you your opinion on this. When you were struggling or when you were down or whatever was going on, were you at your worst? In your head and your heart, do you, did you feel or see yourself doing things that you see yourself now? No. No? No. So not even a glimpse of it? Nope. So no? Nothing? Mm -mm. So what was in your head? It was just pure faith? There's, yeah, there's got to be more. There has to be more. Okay. And so what, what sucks for me is I think people give up. Too soon? Too soon. Yeah. You know, it's, I was actually talking to uh, a couple people because right now, like, in our current culture, you know, when things get tough, take a mental health day. Take a mental break. And it's just like, but name one skill, name one thing in life that you get better at by taking time off. And I think for me, I don't take time off. Like, I'll take a, you know, go do stuff with the family and stuff like that. But it's like, every time I've, I've gotten better when I came to the gym, mm. you know, boxing or whatever. But every time I took time off, I was like, crap, I got to restart. It's, hard, it's harder. It's harder yeah. to get back in routine. And so it's like, whether it's video games, uh, sports, or anything, if you want to cross over and you want to get to the better, mm. you don't take time off. And right now, we have a whole people group literally telling people every time it gets hard, take a mental health day. Take time off. Instead of, no, you push through until you level up. And I think mm. for me, I've always pushed through. And I think that's where I'm at is because... I've realized that the more I push through, the harder I work, the, the harder I go, eventually I get to the next spot. Yeah. And so because of that, like that gets, uh, it's addictive. And so that's why I work hard is, you know, I've, I've gone from homelessness and living on the streets and living in cars that weren't ours to, I love my truck. I bought a house on my own. No one funded my house. Yeah. No one funded my business. I did. I love my family. And there have been times when they were like, when I was buying my house, my adopted family was kind of upset at me that I would not let them help me. But I was like, no. Like, I've told my family more than once, I love you. This is you. me. This is me. Yeah. This is me. This is my time. Um, so for me, it's just a, I know there's, I, there's always got to be better. Because yep. if not, well, there is just if, no, if not. You always there, have that. There is. 
Like, for sure. You know, I think that's, I was talking to a couple the other day, they came into the pub and both of them were homeless at one point in their life. And then they found each other and it's cool. But it's like, it's, it's interesting because my work ethic and I was talking to them about it, like you, because I was homeless and because they were, there's an element where you're fearless. Cause you're like, I've already been at the bottom. It doesn't get worse than that. But also at the same time of being fearless, you also have this healthy fear of, if I don't work my ass off, I could get back there yep. and I could lose it. So it's this like, I don't know if it's healthy from a you know, psychiatrist standpoint, but for me, it's a healthy position of it. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me motivated. Yeah, I've been at the crap. Like there's nothing worse than that. Yeah, there's nothing worse than where I've been. And I know if I lose everything, I can rebuild. Yeah. But I don't want to lose everything. So I work harder and harder and harder to keep leveling up. Yeah, for sure. That's huge. That's huge right there. I think um, I think that's something people that are struggling with anything, whatever it is that you're struggling with, we need to look at that more. Yeah. Like, like stop hey, it, it doesn't get stops. it doesn't get worse than this. Yeah. And you're, stop you're, breaking from life. Like keep pushing. Like you everyone wants to do better in life. I, I have no doubt about that. Whether or not they know their goal. That was me. I just wanted better. And the only thing I know that actually gets you in a better position is to work harder. Like every single day, work harder than you did the last day. Like mm -hmm. every day, it's a challenge for me to work harder and push my limits, um, which, you know, that's why I'm back here at the gym. Cause it's like, there's a different limit. There's a different element. So I'm like, I'm pushing myself mentally, spiritually, physically, and constantly pushing myself every single day. So you can grow. So I can grow like yeah. every night right now, I go out and I post on my story cause I go out, I get, sometimes I'll, it'll, I'll get home at midnight. Sometimes it's 1am, but I take my dog out and we do three to four miles every single night. So I was out there until 1.30 this morning. Yeah. Um, and that's just, I'm pushing myself in every aspect of What's, my life cause I want better. What are your plans for the future? Future? Um, I want to open up more painkillers. I want to have more neighborhood pubs. Um, probably, you know, one, two more max just because there's only so much I can mentally yeah. like do. There's only 24 hours. That's my biggest annoyance and my one argument I will have with God is that he only gave us 24 hours. Um, Cause that's to me, I'm like, I need more time yeah. to accomplish everything I have. Um, so I want to do a couple more and then I'm going to focus on uh, real estate. I bought a house that has, it has two uh, houses on the property. Uh, one's a two bedroom, two bath, and then a one bedroom, one bath unit in the back. And when I bought it, it had no floors in the main house. Now it does, and the plumbing and all that got squared away, and I live in it. But then I want to fix up the back and rent that out. And so my goal is I want to buy multiple properties that have multiple houses on it, like three, uh, triplex, fourplex, duplex, or properties like this, where I can put a fence in between and rent out both. Yeah. Because for me, it's like that's going to be my retirement plan. Business owners don't have one. Um, church Pastors don't have one. So it's like, how am I going to take like responsibility for my future? Yeah. And that, that's what I'm doing is I want to open up more neighborhood pubs and I want to own real estate. So at one point, yeah, I'm single now. At one point I can just be like, I built something for whoever my future chick is. I built something. Oh, you hear that ladies? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not in a rush. I'm still building right now, but it's like, I'll be at that stage. Cause it's like, I've told my dad, I make this joke all the time. So my, my little brother, um, he's 17, he plays rugby. I'm like, man, I want to get to a point in my life where I can have my kids play the sports that don't matter. 
you know, the rich people sports. Yeah. Like, not that my parents are rich, like they they work hard. Um, but it's like, you know, like rugby, lacrosse, polo. Like, you gotta have a horse for polo. Like that's that's when you reach like ultimate peak richness. You bought a damn <laughs> you horse. Gotta, you gotta have <laughs> so a horse. So your kid can play a sport. Um, I'm like, I wanna work to that point. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I'm just still in that building stage of, you know, I've got one one property with two houses on it. I've got one bar. I'm managing a second one. Um, Are you working on building your empire? Yep. yep. I like that. Yeah. And it's it's uh, you know that's that's my goal is I want to build an empire to sustain because it's like I saw this thing on uh, it was Instagram I think or TikTok I don't know something one of them I scroll when I'm not sleeping. Um, and it said, I don't want to leave my kids with debt. I want to leave them businesses and real estate. Yeah. I'm like, shit, that, that's what I want. Yeah. Like Tell assets. Not liabilities. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Tell us about the gym, man. So what, 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 how, why did you come to boxing? How did that come about? Why? Tell us about that. I'm going to share my story when you first came in, but I want to hear, um, I want to hear how oof. this came about for you. So I, I actually came here because I had just gotten out of a crap relationship, uh -huh. super abuse. I, I told you that. She, uh, you know, thought I was a punching bag versus a person. And to be honest, uh, a lot of people that start, I think that's like, if I had to give a percentage, I would say 60 percent of the people that start are coming out of something like that. Yeah. Not necessarily a relationship, but out of a bad situation. Point in the, situation in life. Maybe losing their job, a career change, or something crazy that they're they're at a down. Yeah. And they're looking to work on themselves. Yeah. So that's a common one. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me it was just like it was something different. That's mm -hmm. something I'd never done. Um, obviously I love watching boxing. Um but I was just like at this place where it's like, I, I kind of lost all my confidence. And someone was talking about, you know, a good way to build it back is, you know, to go boxing or my, my, Muay Thai. Muay yeah, Muay Thai, yeah. Whatever, something. And I'm like, you know, I'm part Asian. I don't want to do Asian-y things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even use chopsticks. Like my half British siblings are way better at being Asian than I am. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, plus I don't want to like walk around barefoot and like where other people's feet sweat is like, ugh. Um, and so I found you guys. Um, I think there was like a social media ad or something. I came across you guys. Yeah. And I was just like, well, shit, I'm gonna go check it out. And then I, I sent you guys a message or I called in and then you called me. Yeah. I was like, well, shit. All right, well, I'll go check it out. And then signed up. Yeah, I remember you coming in and then when you came in, we went in the back, we talked for a little bit. We started talking about hosting shows and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. You yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and then you started coming to the gym. And so how, how has your experience been now that you've been here a few years, you built some relationship, you get along great with David? Yeah, which, you know, uh, it, it, you know, just, it, just from where I was coming from, like the whole idea, though, like seemed intimidating. Super. Yeah, because like, wait, I'm going to go and pretend I know how to throw a punch against these guys who do it for a living. No. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. having that in my mind. Like, this is the dumbest idea I've ever <laughs> had. Oh. Uh, like, like, I'm going to feel so stupid. Um, and then I came and it was anything but stupid. Like, yeah. dude, uh, you, oh, I think I worked with you first. Yeah. 
super encouraging, which is why I came back. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, hey, I'm going to have you work with Dave. And I was just like, man, the owner just passed me off. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, <laughs> but I was like, you know, and, like you're always smiling. And at the time, like David does now. But when I first met him, I was like, you don't look as friendly. Like this, <laughs> this is bad. Like in my mind, I'm like this is bad. This is bad. This is this is shit. Like, like this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> like man, I went from the happy dude to the not happy. Yeah. The guy with the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was just super like encouraging, and I was like, all right, cool. So and then I I kept coming back and I came back one you know as often as I could, and then it was actually at that time I took on going back to college yeah. and getting my GED. Which is why I, you know, took time off. It's because I'm like, I, I can only do so much. I only yeah. have so much time. Um, but looking back, I'm like, man, I could have made it happen. I was just being lazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I, I wasn't in that place where I, I could mentally keep challenging myself. So it was like, I was here sporadically. To be honest, I was at school sporadically, even though I still did it. Um, but got that done. Um, and now I'm back. Uh, and doing it more and uh, you know the one-on-ones I was just like I was honest with uh David actually called me back I was like dude let's do a one-on-one -on -one session and then I did that and then I've just been doing it since and it's just like you know at first I was like yeah I don't want to feel stupid jump back into a class even though I know I won't like no. the trainers uh, always take care of of everyone here mm. and they like they will work if if you're behind where the class is your team always takes care like I've mm. never felt stupid um after a class, yeah, just going into it because I'm like, I know I'm, into, um, I know I'm behind where I should be. I know what when you I'm mean. taking time off. You and, know what and, I mean? and to be honest, uh, I I think that's a great step that David did as far as putting you in one on ones because, as a trainer, that's kind of your job to see where you can put the person where they're gonna do the best at. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where they're gonna benefit the most from. That's part of being a leader, yeah. a coach. And and he saw that you would do the best at one on one. He had you try it out. It has been working great. Oh, dude, it's great. Like that, I, I highly suggest one-on-ones here. Yeah, for everyone watching. Yeah, and yeah. and it's been going great for you, and it's and it's helped you build up and feel More better confidence about, about being here. Exactly. Yeah. And I, we've actually done that a few times. It just depends on who you're working with. You got to know the person you're working with. Yeah. Not it's not a one thing fits everybody. It's not one thing fits all. You got to know who you're working with, yeah. what kind of person, and where they're gonna. We're going to do great. And David's been doing a great job with you. Oh, 100%. Shout out to David for that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I actually, I look forward to, because um, we do it every Wednesday and then we throw in some Mondays. And it's just like, I look forward to it. Man. That's cool, man. Like it's, it's, it's a highlight of my week now. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, thank you for being a part of it, man. Yeah. No, uh, thank I'm you. excited for the event we're going to put together. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing that. And then uh, I want to start asking you some random questions. Go for it. You ready? Yeah. So tell me something about you that not many people know about you. Crap. Um, I don't know, man. Oh, I got I got like this scar on my head from one. Uh... No, actually, that's that's not a good story at all. No, 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 no. You can't uh, start it and then say no. Oh, no. Well, I told you like my like. Good. Okay, so like I had this scar on my head. Actually, I randomly got into like a fight when I was like preschool, and so. Yeah, yeah, with, this guy's laughing. The camera is laughing. You got hit with a crayon. And then it's been like, it's been one of those things where it's like, and then I've gotten into other fights, and that's like the spot people hit. Um, so I've actually had to repeat speak, like learning how to speak so I could be understood twice in my life. What? Because, yeah, yeah. So, what did you get hit with? I don't even remember the first time. 
Um, so you have a scar in your head? Yeah. Oh yeah, I see it. Uh, so what? You don't know where you got hit with? Like you got hit? No, with, I like, was. I was. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Both times, actually, <laughs> gone. Um, but yeah, I had to learn how to talk multiple times in my life. Um, and I actually, when I was first born, um, they actually told my parents I would never speak. Like that was the belief. What? Yeah. So they actually were, were looking at, uh, they weren't sure if they were going to go through with it because they were told, um, by the doctors that I was going to be born blind, deaf, deformed, and brain damaged because of the pregnancy. My mom was like four foot 11, dude. Um, and so they actually almost didn't go through with it. What? Yeah. But my dad had said that at one point, like he, he had felt like God had said no. Yeah. Um, and so thankful, obviously, um, cause I, I can see, I can talk, I can do all of that, but it was definitely, uh, I was, there was a time in my life when I was not, a, no one could understand what I was saying. Yeah. And so there's actually like, I get frustrated sometimes when people ask me to like repeat something I said and it's not nothing against them. That's an internal issue. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I, I lived so much of my life having to slow down and repeat what I had to say just because no one could understand me. That is something I didn't know that about you. So yeah. you listen that. You, yeah. So that's you know sometimes I, I lack a little confidence when I talk because I'm like, am I gonna sound stupid right now? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So on your free time, Friday, Saturday night, or something, you're <laughs> hanging out. What, what do you do? What's I don't have free time. Nothing. No. Uh, actually, uh, so like, there's never an Austin time. You're chilling by yourself. You want to do something. Um. Well, I mean, here's the cool thing. As because like you know oversee everything is one there's it's cool because at any point i can always be like okay i'm taking time to go do something mm. um but also at the same time also have responsibility and so right now my stand-in is every monday um i have some guys we come out they come out to painkillers and it started a couple years ago and we just smoke cigars and we just chill and hang out but my me time is literally like when I, I get to shut my brain off, not think about everything going on, is when I'm here, or I work out with my buddy Paul every single day. I should have. We should have brought cigars, smoked cigars on the podcast. Slacking. It's just talking about. Cut. We're gonna restart this. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, I did that one time. I did it with Bobby. We we smoked a cigar during the podcast. Oh hell yeah, man. We should have done that right now. Yeah, we should have. It should have been legit. Yeah. Next time we gotta do another one now. Yeah. So. All right, and now that you told me that, what? So what's, what? Let me add, let me throw a cigar question in there. So okay. we're talking, we're on the topic. What kind of cigars do you like? So there is a brand I love. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they're in like South Dakota or something like that. It's called Deadwood Tobacco, and I, I think you gave me one of those. I did. Yeah, I did. They've got the they they call them like the five bitches, mm-hmm. and they've got um, Ugly Betty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sweet Jane, all all of these other uh, these these uh, females that you know they're named after. Ugly um, Betty. Yeah, there, dude. That's the I love them. I love them. They're just you know, it's just it's it's made by Drew Estates, which I love Drew Estates and a lot of what they do. Yeah. Um, and they use pipe tobacco. So that's that's my go-to every single time. Or uh, it's called Larutan. And it's basically natural spelled backwards. And that's another Drew Estate. Oh. Uh, those are my favorites. When I'm gonna come through and smoke one at Painkiller oh, with yeah. you. So now that we give all that, what is so this podcast is gonna air on a Monday. Uh-huh. How, how did you start your week? Is there any any 
Monday ritual you like ritual you like to do anything that you like to just get your your energy up your vibes up How, what, what do you do so Mondays I, I take it slow like because on Mondays the church is closed um, uh, Oliver's in Lincoln is closed and the only business that I am interacting with that day is painkillers because mm. painkillers open seven days and so I'll take my morning slow uh, on, a, on a Monday and just because, you know, I just did church on Sunday um, and at the church, you know, I do the finances, but I also oversee the whole media and sound department. So it's a, it's a lot. And then I leave from there. I check in on painkillers and then I work at brew house and then I go back and close painkillers. And that's my Sunday. Um, so Mondays, I take it slow. I'll just I've got actually a little row machine at my house. I've got some weights. I'll just do a slow day, just a little bit of just something to get my you know day going and just YouTube music all day long I like just all morning until i go and i'll go hang out and work out with my buddy that's cool. uh, at his house nice but chill, mondays man. are my chill mornings and yeah. I, don't, I don't really do anything until uh 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah a, a good little recharge day yeah 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 you know wrong with that so everyone listening to your episode here and listen to your whole story getting familiar with you is there anything you want to add to this episode or anything you did not mention or you want to say or you want to? You know, just if you're going through a tough time, if you're like you're at this point where you're like, I don't know what what to do or just everything's shit. Yeah. Just don't give up. Like it does get better. If you mm. put in the time, if you work hard, it gets better. Like uh, one thing I, I tell you, tell my youth group and tell people who work for me and, and anyone who I actually share my story with is. If I can get this far with a sixth grade education from homelessness, anyone can. Yeah. Like, I'm not special. I just work hard. Mm -hmm. And so anyone can do better. Yeah. And so for me, it's like if you actually were able to grow up with parents or a roof over your head consistently or an education, like, you are already steps ahead. Yep. So you can do it. Like, just don't give up. Just work hard. Apply for yourself. Sure. Like, Fucking do it. Yep. I agree. That's a good, that's a good uh recap and a good um tip, you know. Yeah. Don't give up, keep it going. Now, if, if people want to connect with you, how can people connect with you? How can people stay in touch with you? Uh my all my social media handles are the Austin Oliver, A-U-S-T-O-N Oliver. Or you can come uh visit me at Painkillers. Um, we're in Rockland at uh the address is 2168 Sunset. Um and we're at the cross street of Sunset and Park. And we're right there in Rockland. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on. Yeah, and dude, your thank story, you, man. man. I know it's going to, I mean, that's going to touch home with a lot of people because you have a, a inspiring story, though. So congratulations on all your accomplishments. Yeah. Uh, keep killing it, man. And keep, keep, keep being you, man. You have a good, good energy and good vibe to you. So thank you. again, thank you. Thank everyone for listening. I hope you guys have a great Monday. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with another episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We out. Deuces. Thank you.